Chatterbox world. It is time for Scooby-Doo. Oh, I, I love mean, Scooby-Doo. I do too, right? Love Scooby. <laughs> anyway, it is Chatterbox time. I am one of your hostesses with the mostesses, Suzanne from SuzanneDecree.com. And of course, with me, the very lovely, the very talented... Liz Tapia, the Dark Angel from darkbeautymusic.com. Hello, Suzanne, and hello, everybody out there who is listening tonight. Hello, Liz, and greetings to all of our fellow travelers through the music world. We have a very not-so-near-and-dear subject matter for me tonight. And no, it has nothing to do with New York. We have... (laughs) We are going to Oh, darn it. I thought we were going to go back in time. No, we try to avoid New York. Although the tumble down the subway stairs was rather amusing. That was funny. That was really funny. It was funnier if for those people who actually remember the incident. That would not be me. (laughs) I remember people telling me about the incident. But I don't actually remember tumbling down the subway stairs. I wish I did. It sounded like a bunch of fun. We are (laughs) talking about stage fright today. Oh, no. This is not my favorite topic, but nonetheless, a very good one to talk about because so many of us have it. It's not anyone's favorite topic. You know why it's no one's favorite topic? Because you get up in front of an audience, your fingers go cold, your voice vocal cords freeze and you can't do the thing that you're supposed to be doing now there are biologically some really good reasons for this you know if you're being chased down by a large grizzly in the middle of the woods what do they always tell you to do lay down and play dead you know (laughs) as if (laughs) right so you know, the fight or flight response or, you know, depend, you have two responses, actually, fight or flight or freeze and fall. Uh, so the fight or flight response is basically what causes your stage fright. So and I used to have this. Um, Liz and I were actually talking about this leading up to this whole episode and, and recording here. I used to get stage fright so bad, like I could not, my fingers would not play. I could not play anything on my guitar, which is really funny because at one time, I mean, at various times throughout my playing career, I used to practice, you know, eight or 10 hours a day. Um, I'm not saying that I did that for huge stretches of the time, but I mean, you know, I was, I was pretty, pretty darn good. I used to actually be able to sight read classical guitar at the gig without, you know, (laughs) I got to the point where I could actually do that, but stage fright 
is debilitating. It's you can't play, you can't move, you mess up and you don't know where you're at and your brain freezes and you, you're looking at the notes and suddenly they look like they're written in some foreign language. We'll blame the Greeks. They look like they're written in Greek, right? And you're like but I've been practicing this piece for six hours a day for the last six months. How could I possibly forget it now? (gasps) That would be your fight or flight response. Isn't it such a lovely feeling too, when you just feel like you forget everything and it just kind of goes right out of your head or you're just standing there frozen. Oh Um, my goodness. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan in case you haven't gathered. Um, I don't think anybody's a huge fan. <laughs> and, you know, and if there are huge fans out there, then we want to hear from you. Please, if you are a huge fan of getting stage fright and yeah. not being able to do your music, please comment, post, let us know. Uh, but it's funny because you look at, and of course, uh, I, I don't know how many of you know this. I'm a Taria fan. I would have never guessed that. Okay, I know. I'm kind of like a symphonic closet, a closeted symphonic metalhead, I guess. I don't know. I know, you guys would have never guessed, right? But here's, here's, it's funny because I've seen her do everything from have the backing tracks, like the the harmony vocals, the, the backing tracks she uses for the harmony vocals, uh, apparently, none of the guys in her band can sing ultra soprano notes. So How dare they? I know, right? So disappointing. <laughs> Go figure. But uh, she's had everything happen from those backing tracks start at the wrong time. Oh, to no. She actually broke a heel. What, you know, those like, what, what does she wear? Like 37 inch high heels or something like platform stilettos. I don't know. Ridiculously high heels. I'm lucky if I can manage sneakers. Her heels are out of the question. But (laughs) you have... One of her heels actually broke while she was prancing around on stage and just rolls with it. Just absolutely rolls with it. And you have to admire coming from... um, You know, coming from a performer's standpoint how cool, calm, and collected someone would have to be to not have that bother them. That's just amazing to me. That is absolutely amazing to me. Well, the show must go on no matter what. This is true. So what can you, the artist, the singer, the songwriter, the guitarist, the bassist, the drummer, the cellist, the flautist... Whatever, whatever you do, what can you do to minimize the effects of your stage fright? This is the question we all have, right? Because you get up on stage and then suddenly you can't play and you'd like to be able to play because that's what you're gearing your whole life toward. So what do you do? How do you prepare for that moment? You know, that's a difficult moment indeed because, you know, you kind of just said it in in, uh, what you just said a second ago, which is prepare. You do have to prepare. And I think part of what helps you through that is, 
you know, they talk about practice, practice, practice makes perfect. Well, there's a lot of truth to that. And even though, you know, let's not even say, let's not even go for perfect, but let's just say that if you're practicing a lot and you're well rehearsed, you know, that's going to be a lot of, I think what's going to get rid of the anxiety because it's like anything else. The more you do it, the more it gets into your body, the more it gets into your brain and you just feel more comfortable when you have to get on stage and have to actually perform whatever it is that you're getting ready to do. So practicing is a big key to this. And, you know, I, I will definitely go with that because most of the times, and if, if, if any of you knew me as a younger musician uh, back in my early days, I don't know if you've gathered this from earlier podcast episodes or not, but I used to have a bit of a superiority complex and I used to be quite cocky. Thank- no. It's true. Oh, man, if you think I'm bad now, which, by the way, I am. But if you think I'm bad now, you should have seen me back then. The first time I played a passage, a song, a piece, whatever, perfectly, like one time all the way through, I was like, okay, I'm done. I got this. And then three weeks later, I'd try and go on stage with it. Oh, (laughs) no. Let me tell you that this does not work. This is not a system that works. This is not good. This is not good. So <laughs> This is not a system that we are promoting. <laughs> we do not promote the Suzanne Decree one and done system of stage rehearsal. <laughs> exactly. It's a terrible idea. But, you know, when you AKA are, wing it. <laughs> you know, when you're young and cocky, you do crazy things. Uh, at least now the crazy things that I do are at least amusing for most people. <laughs> so, but, um, but here's the thing, even wait, let me just touch upon that because when you're young and you're in that sort of like kind of fearless stage, you do, you just kind of go out there and you do it. You don't care what anybody says or how, what anybody thinks. And I think what happens is ignorance is bliss. <laughs> and once you start learning and training and learning more, all of a sudden, it's like you develop a conscience and you realize, oh, wait a second. <laughs> I'm not as good as I thought I was. I'm no longer ignorant. And boy, does this suck. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so one of the things that I learned to do before going on stage is center myself. You know, you, you get hyped up. We talked a little bit about the fight or flight response and, uh, I, I'm not a doctor, nor do I play one on TV. So, um, (laughs) you know, I can't really go into the dynamics. I do know the same thing about the fight or flight response that everyone else knows, which is, you know, your adrenaline starts pumping, Mm -hmm. you get excited, your body reacts in weird ways. You have to tame that somehow. Now, Liz and I have both spoken in the past about our meditation habits And we both actually meditate in different ways, but we both meditate. And that is, you know, if you can channel just a little piece of that meditation to bring that bodily response down, you've got, you, you've got a good thing because once you tame that adrenaline response, you can tame your mind and you can go ahead and perform. Now, 
That doesn't work if you've done the Suzanne Decree one and done method of stage <laughs> rehearsal, uh, because that just doesn't work. <laughs> but if you've practiced enough and you can take a moment and it's um, now, obviously, I watch a lot of the symphonic metal bands and Taria does happen to put out a lot of behind the scenes videos on Periscope, on YouTube, on, on whatever uh before she goes out on stage and you can actually see the entire band kind of doing their own centering routine. And it's kind of cool. Um, you know, they, they have, each one of them has their own centering routine and each one of them has their own little moment of silence as you were, as they prepare for the show. So it's not just something that I'm telling you to do that, you know, I read on a, you know, some random blog. These are things that I've actually seen professionals do. And although Liz and I are professionals, or at least that's what we claim, and you can't make us change our minds, uh, you know, we are professionals as well. And these are things that we have observed in ourselves, as well as, you know, some, some of these big international acts. There are routines and rituals. Now, each routine and each ritual is every bit as unique as the person uh, doing the, the ritual. But there's that little piece of something that you find. It's, it's no different than watching a sporting event, really. You watch a sporting event and you see, um, you know, swimmers have their little pre-swim rituals that they do to kind of get themselves ready to jump in the water and swim. Runners have it. Baseball players have it. Everyone has a little ritual that they do before they do the big thing. And finding your ritual is just a matter of trial and error and what works. Hey, you know, I tried this before I went on stage. It kind of worked, but not really. Maybe next time I'll add something. Maybe next time I'll take something away. Um, you know, something like that. There's always something that you can do that will help calm you down and bring you back to a controllable place. You don't, you don't want to be completely calm. You don't want to go out there and, and perform like a limp noodle. You want a little bit of that adrenaline so that you still have that interaction with the audience and you still put on a great show and, and you still have that back and forth and you still have that energy, but you don't want to go out there and freeze and you don't want to go out there like a wet noodle. So it's kind of a balance as to the amount of energy that you want to push out there when you go. Yeah, that's a great point. And you, you want to be able to, I want to say, work with your anxiety as opposed to try to blocking it. Oh, blocking never works. You know, I used to try to just block it out. And, and you're blocking right. Blocking is it what just... I tried to do when I did the Suzanne Decree one and done method of stage rehearsal. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And it just, it doesn't work. It really doesn't. I mean, it just, it, it somehow, I think it almost makes it worse because you're trying to block something that is going to be present anyway. So what you need to do is embrace it and work with it. And that's something that I've had to sort of retrain my brain to do because I was thinking, well, you know, just block it out, get rid of it. And that's, it is, it's worse. So I think it's better if you can just take it and realize, okay, it's going to be there and just sort of kind of say, all right, I know that you're there and I'm just going to work with you somehow. Um, I think that's probably the better way to approach it because I think that almost probably can calm you down a little bit more. 
you know, it, uh, and again, you know, I want to go back to the whole thing about practicing and practice makes perfect. And, you know, your, the feelings of anxiety that sort of rise up is from also a lack of not being prepared. So the more prepared you are, the less you're going to be anxious on, you know, whatever it is you have to do, whether you're singing, whether you're playing an instrument, um, and centering, what a great point. I think everybody needs to do that because I know when I was doing a lot of acting, that's the first thing that I would do. I mean, everybody backstage would be kind of off doing their own thing and I would be doing the same thing. I would be just doing my own ritual, whatever worked for me. So that's a really great point, Suzanne. I think that's uh, something that all of us can benefit from. We have a special segment coming up this evening. Our very first professional minute segment with none other than the lovely Alicia Bryceland. She is such a wonderful teacher, and she's also my vocal teacher, and I'm very, very proud uh, to have her on Chatterbox with us. Uh, She has a bachelor's of music and vocal performance. She's a dramatic soprano. Uh, She teaches in New York. She teaches. And, you know, I'm just going to butt in now and say all of you sopranos are dramatic. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. All of you. Every single one of you is dramatic. Oh, not that kind of dramatic. I'm sorry. No, not that kind. Although we are. We are all a little bit dramatic. But she is. She's wonderful. She has a magnificently huge voice. She's got one of the biggest voices. The biggest voice in in the opera houses. It's the largest voice that you can possibly hear. And she has written a ton of articles. She's got a fantastic website. So please be sure to visit thebricelandstudio.com. Again, that's thebricelandstudio.com. And we will post that link. And let's give a listen to Alicia's professional tips on performance anxiety. Hey, Liz. Hey, Suzanne. It's Alicia Bryceland here. So you wanted some information on how to deal with performance anxiety. That's a really great topic because it's something that just about every musician has to deal with at one point or another. Um, I mean, you're getting up in front of an audience, putting yourself out there, and it's tough. And it's perfectly normal to feel a little anxious about how you're going to do. Um, So one of the best things that you can do for yourself is to practice, practice, practice. The more you practice, then the more confident you'll be when you get on stage. Because a lot of what you do will become automatic. When it's automatic, you don't have to think about it anymore. You don't have to use your brain cells just to do it. And then that gives you the time to relax and have fun and be expressive. Because that's what music is. It's about getting out and um, having a good time yourself and expressing what you're trying to say to other people so that they get your message. Um, and when you're, when you're nervous and you're thinking about what you have to do, it just doesn't work. So the more automatic, automatic you can make, um, what you're doing, 
so that you can rely on it, you know what's going to happen, then the easier it is to relax and performance anxiety tends to, um, tends to go away. So next time I'll talk on this topic as well because there are some other great tips for dealing with performance anxiety and um, I'll mention those specifically later on. All right. That was awesome. Awesome advice, Alicia. Thank you so much for stopping by and gracing us with your presence here in Chatterbox World. And now I believe it might be commercial time. Hello, this is Fritz Noid Hassenpfeffer. Have you ever noticed that Eddie Van Halen looks really cool playing his guitar? And you... Have you ever watched Jimmy Page while playing a guitar solo? He makes the perfect face, and you don't. You look as if a frog is trying to squeeze its way out of its rectum, out of your belly button, while you're playing your guitar. Come to the Guitar Faces Institute and learn how you can look as cool as David Gilmore when he's playing that last soulful note and is mixing orgasm and love while you look like you're taking a dump while a critter is crawling out your nose. Come to the Guitar Faces Institute and learn how to not look like an idiot today. Well, there you have it, folks. I think I'm going to enroll. Yes, sign me up. You don't play guitar. Um, oh, that's right. <laughs> but I do play a mean F chord. That is true. If it, And mean is the best way to describe <laughs> that F chord. Hey, don't make fun of my F chord. I worked very hard on that. And let's see, where did I learn that F chord? Oh, that's right. From Vibrant Su- Chords at Suzanne... <laughs> Decree.com. <laughs> oh, we have way too much fun with this podcast. But on to, I promised you last week on our live stream, a big, big announcement. And I'm ready. Are you ready? Drum roll, please. Oh, we don't have a drummer. Uh, oh, well. Uh, Dan Grando, where are you? Uh, <laughs> Coming Friday, you want to make sure you stop by. Where? Where do you, you want to go, go on Friday? That's SuzanneDecree.com. Hey, that's me. And why do you want to go there? Because, as you all know, I'm getting ready to start releasing uh, four EPs in the series on the House of Gregory series. Chapter one will be coming here in August very soon. Very excited about that. And... Um, Chapter two and three, you will be able to preview a couple of instrumental mm. singles if you go to my website, SuzanneDecree.com, and sign up for the mailing list. Yes, I'm going there right now to sign up. Do it, do it, do it. Go there right now, right now. No, wait, wait, wait a minute. Okay, yeah, Friday, Friday. Friday. You want to go Friday. Wait, and, and also go wait, Friday. wait go for Friday. Go Friday. to finish and then you go sign up. Well, I'm hoping this podcast should be done by Friday. 
If it's not done by Friday, it's going to be a little awkward. Oh, that's right. Isn't I'm this just a saying. chatterbox marathon? <laughs> we could do a chatterbox marathon. This we is talk true. enough. <laughs> then go. Yeah, then go. So like then right go. after this podcast, please visit suzannedecree.com and sign up for her mailing list and get those two magnificent tracks that she is going to have available for you guys and you don't want to miss it. The music is fantastic. And thank you so much for those kind words. And Liz is not just saying this because I roped her into singing on this project. (laughs) Well, no, because these tracks don't have my vocals on them. They're just magnificently well-produced well, uh, guitared, <laughs> guitared, well, guitared, well, guitared. She's Englishing again, people. She's Englishing That's again. Right. They know what I mean. I feel like the ant and the aardvark every time we start doing this. I don't know anyway. why we go into a different accent, but anyway, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to SuzanneDecree.com and you're going to sign up for the mailing list. That's it. Just do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. And then when you're done, wait, wait, then when you're done, you're going to go to darkbeautymusic.com and you're going to sign up there too. That's right. All right. Now, are we done with our Brooklyn accents? Yeah, because I never really had a Brooklyn accent, not even when I lived in Brooklyn. All right. Well, then let's get back to performance anxiety. So we talked about <laughs> practicing. Yes. Was that not smooth? That was, Come on, that was, that was smooth. It was. It was very smooth. It was terribly smooth. So we talked about performance anxiety and we talked about practicing and getting those notes under your fingers and your vocal cords, uh, you know, whatever instrument you happen to be playing, uh, getting, getting that music into your body. What about specifically practicing for stage? Have you ever thought of this? Not necessarily something like an open mic night, although these are awesome and a great way to practice and a great way to hone getting up in front of people and a great way to practice your centering and and all of that great stuff. But start with a smaller audience. You know, one of the things that helped me break out of my stage fright was teaching because I had to play in front of my students and I had to demonstrate stuff. What a great point. And that's that's excellent because... I just did that last night. I did a practice for stage last night uh, at my parents. And let's see, I had like three people in our little audience, but it was really great to be able to perform and do our set, which we're going to be doing this week. We're going to be hitting the open mic scene and we're going to be performing. So I love what you're saying. Practice before, you know, practice for the stage. Great, great tip. And if you don't have an audience around, um, I know generally when I play in front of my dog, he just doesn't care. He's not, he's not a very good audience member. He's just not really interested. You know? Um, (laughs) I mean, I don't even get that. Uh, Sometimes I get a tail flip. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're doing something over there. It's kind of making noise. You're on my couch. Get off, you know, that kind of thing. But, um, you, you know, I, so I don't always have an audience and for me practicing in front of a mirror never did any good. Like I practice in front of a mirror all day long and then I get up in front of audience and go, Oh my God, those are real people. <clears throat> you know, that's you really know? funny that you're saying that because you and I have so much in common because I totally agree with you on that. 
because I too practiced in front of a mirror and it, it, that did nothing for me. It just didn't help me because you're right. You're, you're sort of still kind of in this cocoon and you're not really getting the feedback that you would even having a very, very small audience. So, uh, interesting that you had the same reaction that I did when I did try that. And, mm-hmm. uh, now practicing in front of a mirror did wonders for my technique. Cause I could see what my fingers were doing. And I could see them from a different angle. And I was like, ooh, I'm doing that wrong. Let me fix. But it did nothing for my stage presence. But if I, uh, you know, if I'm practicing in my little practice space and I can, I actually do kind of a visualization technique as well. And that is, I just kind of pretend, I visualize being in front of, you know, Metal Fest or Hellfest or, you know, pick your giant festival crowd in, in the European uh, festival circuit over the summer months. Um, practice pretending that I'm in front of there. And if you can get deep enough into your imagination, which I happen to be able to do. Now, this takes practice if you're not used to it. I am used to it, so it doesn't... I don't have to try. I could... If I'm pretending that I'm on stage in front of an audience, I can feel the lights. I can hear the roar of the crowd. I can hear the hecklers. I can, I can picture and I can hear everything because I've, I've always been very in tune with my imagination, which is why I'm always, I've always had a creative bend, you know, and I, and I suspect that if you're in a creative field like this, you tend to have the same kind of trait where you are very in touch with your imagination because that's a lot of where our creativity comes from. So channel that to your advantage and practice in front of an audience when there is no audience there. And I will guarantee I have had moments where um, I'll be doing just like simple finger exercises. And, you know, you, you pretend kind of like you're playing a boring part of a really cool song. Uh, you know, and the band is hitting it and you've got the stage and I'll actually start messing up my finger exercises a little bit because I feel like there's a crowd there. So tapping into that imagination, tapping into that source of your creativity and putting yourself on stage when stage doesn't actually exist, that is, it's not perfect. It's not exact, but it puts you in that mode. Yeah, I would definitely have to agree with that. If you can tap into that part of the brain and just pretend that you're on stage and just or try to really see it the way you're, you know, visualizing it the way you're saying, that will help a lot because it sort of just kind of gives you a preview of what's to come. And mm-hmm. you just sort of, you know, you try to experience it as much as you can in your mind so that it just prepares you for when you do get on stage. And it's interesting that you said that as far as you know, when you're watching yourself or you're practicing in front of a mirror, Alicia and I work like this all the time. And probably, you know, I would say most uh, voice teachers work this way with their students. And it, it's a wonderful way for practicing your technique and seeing what you, you know, what you're doing, what you shouldn't, you know, what, what you want to not try to do if you're trying, you know, if you're getting corrected on something. So great way for your technique, but not necessarily great for the stage. So I don't know if you've ever heard of beta blockers, but uh, this is 
It's like it's a medication basically that works for lowering and reducing your blood pressure and kind of just makes, you know, your it, your heart doesn't beat as fast or as hard, I want to say. Um, am I using the right terminology for this? I, I mean, I've never taken them, but they say that you can, you know, if you really have severe stage fright, you can take beta blockers to try to reduce the anxiety. Now, this is interesting because I've actually done some research into beta blockers and for various reasons, um, most of which are actually physiological. I try to avoid all medications ever. I'm okay with herbs and vitamins. I try and avoid medication. Um, And, you know, I'll I'll save you guys the the bloody details on that. But um, I try not to take drugs. I try not to take any kind of drugs. I try and live as clean and healthy a lifestyle as I can. Um, I did some research into beta blockers, and there is... A, uh, apparently a certain subset of the human race for which they work very, very well, where it's just a physical response. But for most of us, where it's a physical, emotional, and mental response, the beta blockers do not work. At least that is what I've read. So um, I would not suggest beta blockers, but then I am predisposed not to suggest beta blockers. However... A nice blend of B vitamins would have the same calming effect. So, you know, you may not need to go the, the you know, pharmaceutical route. You might be able to do with some, uh, some B vitamins or, heck, just an extra plate of protein before you go on stage, not right before you go on stage, because we're talking about stage fright, and there's a really good chance that that plate of food's coming right back up if you do. But (laughs) That's so true. And what a great Uh, point, because I agree with you as far as not really getting into, you know, pharmaceutical or medication side of dealing with anxiety. There are so many tips in here, and great tips that Alicia mentioned, meditation, breathing, you know, and calming yourself in those ways. And definitely try that first and work on that. It's almost like she listened to an episode of Chatterbox. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> wow. We never knew Alicia was such a fan. She's a fan. She's a fan. And, I, and we're fans of hers, too. We are. Yeah, she's awesome. We're very big Alicia fans. And listen, if there's there are any singers out there looking for a great teacher, Alicia Bryceland is the teacher for you. Get in touch with Alicia. She does Skype lessons. She does all kinds of lessons. She truly is a master and an expert in her field. She taught me everything I know about <laughs> reaching an A and a half. <laughs> there you go. No, but I agree with what you. What an endorsement. Yes, exactly. What an endorsement. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So yes, yeah, so let's try to stay away from the beta blockers and work on doing it the way Suzanne mentioned by centering all the great tips that Alicia Bryceland gave and meditation. Meditation, centering. Yes. Practice makes practice. Uh, well, perfect practice. Perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. Try saying that five times real fast. <laughs> Um, Are you Englishing? That came out worse than most of my Finnish, but the practice makes. And that perfect. was English. I know, right? That was the native oh language. My um, but you know, when you when you get something down and you practice it over and over and again, it will help. 
when you pretend that you have that audience, or even if you can get in front of, you know, a few people, a mom, a dad, um, you know, brothers. I know I have, I come from a family of hecklers, so they will help you, you know, return to humility and modesty quicker than anything you know. (laughs) That's so true. So practice, practice as much as you possibly can and practice in every situation. Practice in front of a couple of people. Practice in, heck, practice in front of one person. Practice everywhere you possibly can. And the more you get comfortable with your presentation, the less anxiety you will feel when you get up to perform. Thank you, everyone, for being here and sharing your Wednesday evening with us. We do so appreciate you. We do have the best fans in the world. Thank you so much for being here. I am Suzanne, of course, from SuzanneDecree.com, and my very lovely, my very talented co-host. Liz Tapia, the Dark Angel from DarkBeautyMusic.com. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in, and we look forward to seeing you at the next episode, Chatterbox Rocks. And don't forget to check out the group at chatterboxrocks.com. We will see you there. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>